The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Welcome to Disney Deciphered, a podcast helping you save money, time, and stress as you plan your Disney vacation. On today's episode, we talk about must-do attractions at Disneyland from a Disney World perspective. Find all episodes of this podcast at DisneyDeciphered.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere you find podcasts, and we'd really appreciate it if you could leave us a positive review. You can also find us on YouTube now, youtube.com slash at DisneyDeciphered. It'd be awesome if you could like and subscribe to our channel there and hit that bell button for notifications. If you'd like to support the podcast, check us out on patreon.com slash DisneyDeciphered, where you receive bonus content. Or you can support the podcast at no cost to you by using me as your travel agent. Get started by emailing josephchung at travelmation.net. Email the podcast anytime, disneydeciphered at gmail.com. Tweet at us at www.deciphered on Twitter or find us on Facebook and Instagram, DisneyDeciphered. Thanks and enjoy the show. Hi, I'm Joe from As the Joe Flies. And I'm Leslie from Trips with Tykes. And welcome back to Disney Deciphered. So on today's episode, uh, we had a request in from Sarah B. Uh, thank you so much for sending in your question. And she asked, you know, you know, we've talked about visiting Disneyland if you know Walt Disney World well and stuff like that. But we wanted to do an attraction-focused episode, you know, do a little tiering of what attractions you might want to focus on um, if you're going to Disneyland, and especially if you, like, know disney world pretty well before we get to that um let's do a little housekeeping a reminder we are on youtube now and uh you know we are trying to hit some subscriber milestones so youtube.com slash at disney deciphered if you could like and subscribe there we'd really appreciate that of course you can find old episodes of the podcast uh, anywhere you find podcasts audio form also thank some new patreon subscribers sarah b actually resubscribed so thank you sarah and also jessica s thank you so much for your support those of you who join the patreon will receive bonus content access to a facebook group uh, trip reports and uh all that good stuff patreon.com slash disney deciphered if you're interested in that okay leslie so you've done all the notes things have been a little bit crazy in the chung household do you want to give us like a general overview of you know what we're going to be talking about today and i guess maybe a quick reminder about what disney world people need to know about disneyland to start off I mean, if you know World, land is easier. you got three on-property hotels, two theme parks within walking distance of each other, and it's um, definitely less stress, but you have a lot of the same systems. You've got Genie Plus, works a little differently. You've got early entry for on-property hotels. So a lot of the knowledge transfers, that's the good news. And then there are a lot of attractions that are the same or that have the same name but that are different and then plenty of unique attractions as well so a lot of people you know if they're just doing a disneyland trip often are only going for maybe a day or two or maybe even three and they want to know what to prioritize what they can skip based upon you know what they already are used to at world so that's what we're going to be focusing on here and i i struggled a bit with sort of the the system and the method of organization that i was going to use for this but roughly speaking i'm going to 
start with the must-do attractions, like the absolute top of the list. you got to do these, um, assuming you're tall enough and, you know, all of that good stuff. Then I have a, a section of strongly consider th- these attractions. And then I have a only if you're really interested in this kind of attraction. And then I have attractions and lands that you can just entirely ignore. Yeah, I mean, it's almost uh, kind of like if you only have one day in Disneyland, two days in Disneyland, three days in Disneyland whole week in Disneyland situation, although you can't board, buy more than a five-day ticket. A couple other things that as a Disney World regular kind of surprised me about Disneyland is there are definitely attractions who do not have lightning lane access via Genie Plus or individual lightning lanes. Um, that's because like space-wise, it's so much smaller. The queue is so short that uh, you know they just have no room to put a lightning lane. And then the other thing, of course, that we talk about all the time is Disneyland is so much more compact and which makes park hopping a lot easier and makes getting from ride to ride a lot easier. And it also makes when you are doing touring, you know, at Walt Disney World, if you're kind of touring for the shortest lines, sometimes you're zigzagging across a park, but that's like a huge distance. Whereas at Disneyland, it's not too bad. So let's get to these lists and, you know, maybe we'll hit on a couple of attractions per tier um, to talk about what people can expect there, especially the ones that don't look like Disney World. But why don't we kick things off with like the must-dos if you're visiting Disneyland, especially if you've uh, only been at Disney World before. Of course. So number one must-do for me, and the Genie Plus wait times would agree, is Indiana Jones in Disneyland Park. I mean, obviously, it's a thrill ride. It has a pretty high height minimum, so it's not going to be something that you'll do with toddlers. But if you're into thrill rides and you're everybody's big enough, you really should do this. And it's not too thrilling. It's not as scary as a coaster. So I do think, you know, you can kind of ease kids into it, even if they're not riding Space Mountain yet. Maybe they can be okay with Indiana Jones. The, the, the only point of sensitivity with that one is that it's really loud. But... And it did, and it still does break down a lot. So that's something you have to sort of watch for. But it was refurbed recently this spring, and it looks bright and shiny and new. I just wrote it again for um, on a trip very, very recently, and was I saw, it was the best I've seen it in probably a decade. So now's the time to do it before it breaks again. <laughs> Wait, so, so are, <laughs> yeah. So are you breaking things down by park or? Like, are you starting with Disneyland and then you're going to go to California Adventure? Because yeah, I'm a, yeah, I'm going to start with Disneyland must dos. I'll t- talk about DCA must dos next, which is a smaller list. Okay, because all right, because like, all right. we're going to have some. We would have had some words, but yeah, sorry. Continue okay. with your okay. Disneyland you list. Want to make sure fair to people think people might have thrown their phones out already because well, we'll no, see. it's you not know number one in the resort. Yeah, we yeah. know what's going. Okay, yeah. all right, sticking to Disneyland Park. I also um, would recommend Matterhorn very reluctantly, and I know you skipped it when you went to Disneyland, but it's a classic. I mean, you got to try it. It hurts. It's it it hurts. It hurts your back. Take your Advil. It's awkward to get in and out of, but it's a classic, and you got to do it um, at least once. I don't do it every every uh, trip anymore, but if you've never done it, please do it. Uh, no, I will not. Sorry, <laughs> but I might send my kids this time. I might have my kids do it uh, on their own. All right, what next? Okay, next up are two in Fantasyland, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride, because it's one of the last of their super weird, historic dark rides. It's a little scary, so beware if you've got toddlers. I won't spoil the ending, but you won't believe what the ending is if you don't know what it is. And yeah, got to do that. Super weird, throwbacky, Disney 
is at its best when it's like the weird historical stuff. So definitely on that one. Also somewhat weird, but not as weird is Alice in Wonderland, which is a dark ride. And that's just very, very good. And it's not in world and it's always one of the longer lines. So definitely give that a go um, early in the morning because there's no no uh, Genie Plus for that. So those two in Fantasyland are my are my must-dos. We'll, we'll have a few more that are in my, my next tier, strongly consider. So moving over to New Orleans Square, you got to do Pirates of the Caribbean. And you're probably like, Leslie, they have that at Disney World. No, they do not. Not in the same tier. Pirates is so much better at Disneyland, so much more extensive. It's just almost, in my mind, a different ride. So you've got to do that. And then you will never look at Pirates at Disney World the same again. Yeah, I'm very much looking forward to going in August because when I took my daughter last April, it was under refurb. Um, and so we couldn't go to Blue Bayou. Actually, we could have gone to Blue Bayou, but it would have just been eating with scaffolding, which I think is not the point going to Blue Bayou and we didn't get to ride on Pirates. So that's kind of like number one on my list of what to hit that I didn't get to hit last time. Yeah, totally agree. You'll enjoy it, Joe. And then the last pick within uh, Disneyland Park, at least, is the Disneyland Railroad. It's, of course, a classic, but it has some super weird throwbacky kind of scenes. You go through some dioramas that you don't get at World. So totally love it, especially if you were Joe's middle child who loves all forms of transportation. Does it go through a show building? Is that why they have that stuff because it's, it's almost, almost like you're inside it's not even like a tunnel and yeah does disney own land before time i don't know but you know <laughs> just a little a little tease of what you might see fair enough fair enough i need to go back and like read some of the history of that i've known it at some point and have forgotten some of it and and when splash mountain was open you could actually see part of the splash mountain scene so i'm really curious to see how they're going to transform that with tiana's bayou adventure and what they're going to show in that in that uh scene so that's going to be interesting so stay tuned for that all right, moving over to DCA, this is the ride that you were like, Leslie, you, you should have started with this one, Radiator Springs Racers. It is one of Disney's absolute best. It's test track, but with uh, amazing theming, you know, Cars Land in and of itself is just fantastic to see, especially at night. I always feel like I'm actually on Route 66 when I ride Radiator Springs Racers, so it's fantastic. Height minimum is only 40 inches, so my daughter was able to do it at three and a half, and it's not super, super scary, so I think you can coax even some more reluctant kids onto it. It's just enough speed without being terrifying, so highly, highly recommend that. I know you would agree, right, Joe? Yeah, 100%. I was like, Leslie, you're starting with... I don't even remember what you started with at this one. Oh, I was like, Indiana Jones, another ride that I really don't like, uh, even though I did do that one. Um, also hurt my back. By the way, I was closing my eyes through most of the ride because I'm, I'm a big chicken. But yeah, Radiator Springs Racers, we've said it multiple times. I don't, I just don't think it can be oversold. It's just like so nice. And yeah, I, I agree. Like it is like you are on Route 66 and then going for a little bit of a race. So yeah, if... Um, yeah, it's almost like we haven't done any Disneyland ride guides, but I almost want to do it just to talk about Radiator Springs Racers. I know that all my kids will love it. Uh, and, you know, even my super short kids, uh, they, they've all been tall enough. So it's, it's a great time and just a lot of fun. Uh, you don't have to like cars to appreciate it, but if you like cars, you'll appreciate it even more. All right, what else in DCA? All right. Also in DCA, Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout. A lot of people want to dismiss this because it used to be the Tower of Terror. It is awesome. The overlay and the theming and the redo of it 
in my mind, made it a better attraction. And it never was as good. Tower of Terror was never as good at Disneyland because of the way the ride path was set up um, at land. It just went up and down. It didn't have the forward movement that you have at World. So I'm glad they did something different with it. And it's just a fun, fun ride. There's an overlay at Halloween that's really awesome. You get six different songs, much like you do on Rock and Roller Coaster. So it's a different experience with that. But I love Guardians. Love, love, love it. And I was skeptical. I'm always skeptical of a redo. So must do. Yeah, those are the two that uh, my daughter keeps telling my son that like we're definitely going to go on. And also on top of that, uh, the next on your list in Credit Coaster, she says that they're going to go on it. Even though when she got off it, she was like, Dad, why did you make me do this ride? Well, maybe she's getting more daring in her old age, but in Credit Coaster, another must do. There really aren't a lot of real coasters at Disney parks, and this is one of them. It does have a loop that goes upside down. It's very thrilling. I did it again this week, and I have just recently been to a Six Flags park where I did like some real crazy coasters, and it's still not that level of scary, but it's a good coaster with an inversion and... The theming is a lot of fun. I really like the Incredibles theming. So I think that's worth doing. And it's not too hard to get on often. There's a single rider line. It's on Genie Plus. Um, If you do it early enough in the day, the standby line can often only be 20 minutes, which is great. I think it's just far enough back in the park that a lot of people don't make their way there immediately. Yeah, it's very Expedition Everest-like in its habits. You know, Genie Plus isn't bad. The single rider line makes a big difference. And it's like, just a little bit too thrilling for people to do multiple rides except for the real thrill junkies so yeah i totally agree it's like not hard to get on which means you know i i'm guessing that my kids are going to ride it multiple times this trip all right we'll see and then i have i guess two bonuses in this category of must do and these are seasonal attractions at during the holidays, um, Small World in Disneyland Park becomes Small World Holiday, and then Haunted Mansion becomes Haunted Mansion Holiday, and that runs during the Halloween season and the Christmas season. So if you were there during those times of year, those two overlays are must-dos, in my opinion, because you won't see them anywhere else, and it's just... They're both they're both fantastic. Disney really goes all out for both of them. Yeah, I don't I kind of don't ride Haunted Mansion very much except for during <laughs> the Haunted Mansion holiday season, which of course now is close to half of the year, <laughs> to be fair. Yeah, they just announced the refurb dates. It's gonna close August 14th and reopen September 1st. So it's gonna be like Christmas for four months at Disneyland. That's how it goes. I'm looking for oh, Haunted Mansion. Oh, it wasn't closed when we went. But I wasn't able to get on it, so I'm looking forward to seeing how that's different um, on the West Coast from the East. All right, so let's move to the second tier um, that you have, the Strongly Consider Rides. You know, if you only have one day, you hit those rides that we just talked about. But, you know, with more time um, or, you know, if you have a little bit of time in your schedule that you want to fit another ride in, you know, what do we got here? All right, so I'm going to first start with a group of attractions. I call these the Unique Fantasyland Attractions. So these are the things in Fantasyland at Disneyland that you won't have at World. And first up is Snow White's Enchanted Wish, which is a redo of Snow White's Scary Adventures that's still fairly new. There'll be elements that you'll be used to from Seven Dwarfs Mine Train, but it's different enough. It's really just a well-done classic dark ride that now has all the technology that's updated and lighting updated. So I think it's a great 
great attraction and I do it a lot of the times now. Also would recommend Pinocchio, although like Mr. Toad, it has a scary element. So you have to be careful with younger kids with that one. But again, it's kind of weird and kind of dark and not in the like light, light sense, but um, in the (laughs) dark humor kind of sense. So um, be careful with that one. Also would recommend Storybook Canals and or Casey Jr. Circus Train, which follows some of the same path. So you can maybe do either or depending upon what your family is interested in. And these are great attractions for toddlers, younger kids. You see some sections of the park that are throwback and unique. Yeah, Casey Jr. is definitely more for younger kids. But I would say that Storybook Canals, like I think people of any age could enjoy. I guess like the older kids might be bored, but as an adult, um, I really enjoyed going through. Basically, you're going through miniaturized versions, models of various Disney um, stories and properties, and I really enjoyed that um, and had a lot of fun. Uh, just relax. You know, you know, I love a slow boat ride, and I just really enjoyed that one. So that's pretty good. Now, going to the opposite end of the spectrum, you know, what are the thrill attractions at Disneyland? that are worth riding even if you've uh, or strongly considering riding even if you've done them already at Disney World. So I would throw both Space Mountain and Thunder Mountain, both of which are in Disneyland Park, into this category. Of course, those rides are both at Disney World. They're different enough at Disneyland and they're just solid rides that I think a lot of people will want to do them. Space is is more different, I would say, because the the way the ride vehicles are set up is a different configuration. It's uh, two by two at Disneyland where it's more of a bobsled style at World. And I actually find space better at Disneyland because it's just not as jerky. To me, space at World is a little more like Matterhorn, a little more like put you in traction, take your Advil. So it's a smoother ride, in my opinion, at Land. So, And Big Thunder, I think, has some scenes that you wouldn't experience at World. So it's worth doing both of those. And and both of those are fairly easy to get on. Space has a single rider line that's back now. Big Thunder is a pretty easy snag on Genie Plus. So you can fit those in without having to try too hard. The TNT explodes on Big Thunder Disneyland. Spoiler. Automatically. Spoiler. Automatically makes it better. Now, the next one you had on the list, Web Slingers. I was a little surprised just because... I think it's a lot of fun. I And honestly, yeah. I, this is the first one where I disagree. I think I would probably put it on my must-do list. I would say that like maybe in a vacuum, it would be only in the strongly consider list. But because you can get on by a single rider line um, and really cut down the weight that way, you know, I feel like it's, it's definitely worth doing. It's definitely a unique attraction. And Tom Holland, Spider-Man, you know, that's a lot of fun. So you have it on strongly consider. I have it on must-do. Um, but either way, definitely have it something you're considering doing uh, if you're visiting Disneyland. Yeah, it was a wobbler for me. I almost always do it, but it is criticized by a lot of people. A lot of people don't think it's um, that great of an attraction. But I think the idea of being able to shoot webs using just your hands instead of like a blaster like you do on Buzz or your little ping pong thing. They don't know what it's called on Toy Story Midway Mania. I think that's enough. Slingshot. Different. Slingshot. It's not a slingshot. It's yeah, like a yeah. gun that you pull the thing back on. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. Hello, David and Goliath. <laughs> pulled it back. Pulled it. Actually, that was probably a swinged one. But whatever. It probably was. Swinging one. But uh, yeah. So uh, funny story. Like I, we were listening to some. I can't remember which podcast. I would shout it out if I remembered. But they were mentioning. Oh, I think it was Disney Unplugged. And they mentioned that they were going to go back to Disneyland. And they were going to bring their um, web slinger. Like you, you can buy the accessory to like enhance the attraction. 
And, you know, my daughter's ears just perked up and she's like, you could buy something? Did you? And I was like, oh, man, Disney. Just, uh... Well, you'll be happy to know, Joe, and hopefully this will continue when you go next month. They were on major sale when I was just there this past week. So you might be able to get it at a discount if you were forced into buying one. Is that good? I, I mean, I don't think I would have felt... <laughs> You know, we're, we're spending a lot of money on this Star Cruiser. You know, I don't, I don't need to buy these kids any extra merch. But uh, yeah, so um, but a lot, it's, a, it's a lot of fun. Um, I do. I think people people criticize weird things about that attraction, including the queue, which fair enough. The queue is pretty boring and could have been themed better. But, you know, uh, check it out if you get the chance, especially if you have a chance to do it single rider. Totally agree. And it's great now that it's on regular Genie Plus. It's not a paid lightning lane. So I think that sort of makes it easier to squeeze in now without working too hard at it. All right. So that was sort of the tier two, I guess, of the Avengers Campus attractions. Um, I'm also going to add to this list for Strongly Consider um, the tier two Cars Land attractions. I mean, to me, DCA is at its best in Avengers Campus and Cars Land. So in Cars Land, there are two smaller attractions, neither of which are on Genie Plus, um, Mater's Junkyard Jamboree and Luigi's something, something, something. I can never remember the actual name of it because it's changed (laughs) a couple of times over the years. But both of them are sort of spinning car rides. Mater's is essentially alien swirling saucers. So I know that means you will have to do it, Joe. But then you have the awesome voice of uh, Tomater um, Larry the Cable Guy, which is great, singing songs. Um, I love it. And both of those have holiday overlays as well during the winter holiday season. So that's a fun time to ride additionally. But I think, you know, do one or the other. You don't necessarily have to do both, but you get a sort of a taste of deeper cut course land. Yeah. And then last on your strongly considered list, uh, you have, you call them controversial DCA, which I kind of get. Because these are all three of the attractions that I think my daughter's going to make me try to ride that I don't really want to ride. Let's start with the two simple ones. Goofy Sky School is more of a kiddie coaster, um, but not it's it's longer than Barnstormer and not as, I guess, lame. Um, so that's probably the one of the three that I would agree with. Grizzly River Run is a better version of Kali River Rapids, but I still hate those spinning raft water attractions. So... I don't love that attraction, but I can see why you consider it. And then finally, Pixar Pal Around, which is a Ferris wheel that like swings. Uh, it's really, I don't know. Can you explain how this Ferris wheel works? Because it's hard to explain, but uh, my daughter figured it out, you know, they were really into Ferris wheels right now. And I'm like, I do not want to do this one. Yeah. So there's two different cars on Pixar Pal Around. There's the static cars, which are like a normal Ferris wheel. And then there are swinging cars and basically they're just on a track. So as the Ferris wheel moves around the force based upon where the car is on the wheel sends the, the, the car sliding down a track. It's like a marble run. almost. It is. It's kind of like a marble run, but um, some people, I mean, to me that it adds a little bit of thrills that it's fine, but some people are deathly, terrified of this like more than any roller coaster at disney the swinging cars terrify them so make sure you know sort of what kind of person you are before you and you can it. you can see it like you can yeah, see you can it see when it. you're like looking at pixar pier from probably from the new san francisco bridge uh if that opens you know you like if you're watching world of color you can see it and yeah watching that uh you know some people equals joe chung because not interested Um, but it's a lot of fun and it's a great I mean even if you don't want to do the swinging cars it's nice to get a view of the entire park and you can see Paradise Pier and the Disneyland Hotel from up at the top of the Ferris wheel so I think you should still do it all right make 
I will not. I I don't know. I guess I guess out of like attractions that they could force me to go on, maybe that's one I'll agree to. All right, so let's get to this third tier. You know, what would you characterize these attractions as? All right, these are kind of only if you're really interested. And some of these are unique Disneyland attractions, but they are just not ones that have captured my love over the years. Um, first up is the Finding Nemo subs, which used to be the old 20,000 Leagues Under the Sea, which was long gone at World. So a lot of people want to do it for that reason, because it is sort of the throwback to that memory. But honestly, it's not a great ride. You know, what you see underneath the sea is weak. And the line is super, super long. There's not a way to genie plus it. And then I think all of us are probably still a little spooked to be in like an enclosed submarine (laughs) shoulder to shoulder with a lot of strangers. It just still feels to me like not 100% comfortable. So keep that in mind. But for me also, it's just the line. I haven't done it in years. And at some point I will again, but it's just not worth unless you're kind of doing it early, early in the morning before the line builds. It's just not worth the wait. I mean, super inefficient loading that thing. So um, that makes sense. All right, what else? Also, I would add Roger Rabbit's cartoon spin in Toontown to this. It's a cute dark ride, but it also kind of is a painful ride to spin. Um, There are better dark rides that are unique at Disneyland. It's been a little bit neutered um, recently by some of the changes that were made. Um, which, I mean, obviously, understandably, the 1990s different than sort of our, our views of today, but it loses some of its weirdness as a result to me. So it, um, it's just not a must-do for me anymore. But if you're back in Toontown and, you know, it is on Genie Plus, you can kind of catch it easily if you are, are super interested in seeing it. The next group are classic rides, but pretty similar to the Walt Disney World. Um, Small World, which uh, the non-holiday version Jungle Cruise, um, and then the monorail, which I'm still confused, Leslie. Like, the monorail, can you ride it without just taking it to the hotel? Or, like, where does it go? Well, it goes to a stop at the end of downtown Disney, which is close to the Disneyland Hotel. So, yes, you can ride it, but you have to have a park ticket because the other stop is in Tomorrowland at Disneyland Park. So you can't ride it just for fun on a non-park day. You have to have a park ticket to be able to ride the monorail. So, you know, and it's often broken down. I know during your visit, it's going to be under a refurb, Joe, but it's, it struggles. And so, you know, I often don't ride it because I can't rely on it, um, even if I'm staying at the Disneyland Hotel. Makes sense. Thanks for nothing, Disney, by the way, closing it crushing my son's dreams um and then the last one i really like i can't remember the exact name of it but it's a dark ride based on monsters inc and that was surprisingly that that was a surprise to us i didn't even know that existed but uh it was a lot of fun when we went on i thought it was pretty cute yeah it's pretty cute i mean it's sort of one if you can get it with a short wait there's a little buddy pass secret way to ride it some of the time then um it's worth doing and it's different enough that I think for some people it's worth doing for that reason, especially if they're Monsters, Inc. fans. But again, I would put it below a lot of the other unique dark rides like um, Mr. Toad or Pinocchio or Snow White or or Alice in Wonderland. It's just not quite of that tier. So, you know, but that said, if you have a DCA day, you're going to end up riding it because there's not enough really attractions at DCA to, to fill a full day unless you're park hopping. All right, and then let's get to our last section of the list, which is Ignore. I will first mention that a bunch of the ones on the Ignore 
are ignore if you are a Walt Disney World regular because they're exactly the same. And so that's all of Galaxy's Edge, Rise and Millennium Falcon Smuggler's Run. That's not going to be any different. Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, that's the same. Soren's the same. So there's a lot of attractions that are exactly the same. What are other attractions that you're suggesting people ignore that maybe they're not familiar with at Walt Disney World? Well, so I guess I should mention first, I mean, Fantasyland, you're used to Peter Pan, you're used to a carousel, you're used to a mad tea party and a Dumbo. You can skip all of those, even though they are different. They're just not, you know, unique enough. And and in Peter Pan's case, it's inferior. Same with Haunted Mansion, um, Winnie the Pooh, those kind of attractions. Uh, In terms of what I guess maybe you're not used to that you can still skip, there's a lot in DCA to me that's filler. Uh, you can skip Jesse's Critter Carousel. It's it's cute, but you know if you have a toddler, you're going to ride it. But otherwise, skip it. Um, you can skip Golden Zephyr, which is kind of a throwaway ride that often doesn't run. You can skip Inside Out Emotional Whirlwind, which is a retheme of a Bugsland attraction. You can skip the Silly Symphony Swings, which is a swing ride that you'll see in any theme park six flags around the world. Uh, you can skip Jumpin' Jellyfish, which is just a, like a moderate drop ride. There's a lot of things like that. And then, of course, there are, like you said, Soarin', Toy Story Mania is the same, Little Mermaid's the same. So all of those kinds of attractions you can skip. You can also skip Joe. You can skip the new Chippendale Gadget Coaster, which is the rethemed Inspector Gadget Coaster, which is Barnstormer 2.0. Oh, well, then I guess I can't skip it because my youngest <laughs> daughter was mentioning today that that's her favorite ride right now. So, ah, <sighs> uh, yes, yes. All right. Well, I mean, that's pretty awesome attraction wise. Before we get to Disney do's and don'ts and uh, closing things out, are there any just, I guess, experiences that are Disneyland specific that you think people should definitely check out? Yeah, I mean, one thing I would say is there's some unique characters at Disneyland. Like, I think Avengers Campus is worth spending some time in to see the, you know, different superheroes who are coming in and out, which change with based upon what's been released in the movie theaters or in Disney+. Plus. So I think that's worth it. I mean, I'm not a Marvel super fan by any stretch of the imagination, but if you haven't experienced that, I think this is what Galaxy's Edge could have been had Disney invested the more of the money. And of course, now we also have um, Mandalorian, um, but you've got that at World now too. So there you go. <laughs> Good to know. Good to know. So that is uh, our recommendations for you, our kind of tier list of Disneyland attractions if you're visiting Disneyland and you're pretty familiar with Disney World. Obviously, if Disneyland is like kind of your first Disney park, um, try everything. And like we said, though, you can still use this as depending on how much time you have. And reminder, Disneyland's hours are a lot longer, so you may be able to fit a lot more in a day than you uh, normally would be able to fit into Walt Disney World. All right, well, that's pretty awesome, Leslie. Thanks so much. That's actually, I'm going to take this list with me um, when we go in August just because we're going to be super jet lagged, so maybe we won't be able to get as much done as we want to. Um, As always, before we get out of here, can you uh, close us out with a traditional Disneyland do or don't? All right, this is going to be hard for me to say because you know I'm all about the rides, Joe, but Disney do do see some of the current entertainment offerings. I mean, they've been of varying quality over the years, but right now as we're recording this in mid-2023, they're great. Magic Happens Parade is playing the Wondrous Journey show on fireworks um, and then projections on 
Weeknights is showing in Disneyland Park and currently Rogers the Musical for a very short run and maybe that will continue on. So I would definitely try to make time to see some of those sort of nighttime spectaculars or big scale shows because Disneyland's doing it right and in some ways doing it better than World right now. Yeah, super excited about Rogers the Musical. I might have to go to that by myself, but uh, you know, I, I don't think I told you about my parents will be around too, so maybe I'll dump the kids off on them for a little bit. All right, well, that does it. Thank you so much, Leslie, for all your sage advice, as always. Where can people find you if they want to connect with you on the internet and also you know, if they want you to have tons of Disneyland stuff out there? Yeah, tons. I am at Trips with Tykes on social media, tripswithtykes.com on the internet. And what about you, Joe? You can find me at As Joe Flies on social media. If you're looking to plan a trip, uh, I'd always be happy to help you as a travel agent. You can email me, Joseph Chung, at travelmation.net. Um, no cost to you. Thank you so much, everyone, for listening. Uh, this summer is going to be a little bit less than our piecing things together because our schedules don't match up too much, but we're going to do our best to get episodes out to you. But thank you for your patience um, with all that. Other than that, Leslie, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to me and sharing with us your Disneyland knowledge. And I will see you on Facebook Messenger or maybe Threads as I furiously message you on my trip in August. Thanks, Joe. Oh, you don't know what Threads is? It I came do out know what Threads today. Is. I know it. Is. It came. It came. You gave. Okay, those of you who are not listening on YouTube, she gave me a really funny look. This is the longest outro ever. Okay, bye. Everybody.